0: Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
2: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today.
3: Can the Nets avoid elimination at home without Ben Simmons? Will scrappiness be enough for the Timberwolves to upset the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round? And will Debo Samuel shake up the NFL draft? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today.
2: Searching all major sports.
3: Found. Let's start with the biggest story. With the Brooklyn Nets clinging to their playoff lives. I really wanted to channel Ron Burgundy and do the clinging to life. And that's what the Nets are doing in the postseason. Ben Simmons... For game four is going to be exactly where he's been his entire Brooklyn Nets tenure, and that is looking really, really stylish on the Nets bench. He will not be helping them try to dig out of a three nothing hole. Joining me now from Locked On Nets, Adam Armbrecht. Adam, this is not an entirely surprising move. It felt like a bit of a desperation move.
4: Now what? Now nothing. You know, teams don't come back from down 03. Um, all of the concerns you have about the lack of continuity and everything that went on around the Brooklyn Nets this season, it all came to fruition. And the Boston Celtics are a really well-coached team, a well-balanced team, and a deep team that can do everything that disrupts what the Nets would want to try to do, especially on the offensive end. So um, there is no now what. It's just a matter of, really, it's the big picture. You know, what happens with this team now? And My big takeaway from Ben Simmons not playing in Game 4 is is that you can't trust the messaging from the Brooklyn Nets. That's been a theme all year. You can't trust the messaging from the people that are around Ben Simmons. I don't know if he was ever going to play. It was all a game of cat and mouse, and maybe thankfully he doesn't have to play
3: it anymore. Dropping him in without playing basketball for a year in a playoff game that has been particularly intense as well, especially on the defensive end, seemed like a bad move anyway. But this also right, gives them a built-in excuse. Hey, We traded for Ben Simmons and didn't have him for this playoff series. I'm not suggesting that's the reason they did this, but in terms of narrative benefit, there is some narrative benefit here.
4: Yeah, and we we said it at the time, you know, when they made the trade with Philadelphia and James Harden, this was as much about the future as it was about the present moment and getting value back for James Harden, who did not want to be there anymore. And... The Nets are running a little bit thin on the latitude of now we have another set of excuses, right? You're hearing the conversations around Steve Nash and his job security. Well, that was Kevin Durant's hire, right? You're you're hearing about now year number three of this experiment. And now we're going to build in a new version of why things will look better and brighter going into next season. Um, Brooklyn Nets fans are going to wear thin on this. Uh, we understand that you know Sean Marks has been very good at constructing rosters, even if they don't survive an entire season. It'll be interesting to see how the perception around what this team can do going forward looks once they fully get into the offseason and start to assess where money needs to get spent.
3: Is there anything that can happen in the rest of this series, even if it's just one game, that would affect the way that that if you were running the Nets you would, you would do differently in terms of the offseason?
4: Um, you Now, this is where you'd like to see Ben Simmons, right? And get a sense of, of what a player of his skill set defensively and then from a facilitator role. Because one of the things that's really getting exposed in the post-Harden era is we know that Kevin Durant is not an on-ball, you know, point guard type of player. But neither is Kyrie Irving. He likes to be off-ball. So you don't have the facilitator. Ben Simmons could certainly provide that unfortunately all the other pieces that we talk about when you look at this roster whether it's veterans like Goran Dragic well you know what he is and he's long in the tooth there's guys like Blake Griffin and Lamarcus Aldridge players that won't be here next year Is Patty Mills going to go into the six million dollar player option that he has for next season or look for better pastures and a chance to win another championship after that it's all the young guys you know Cam Thomas and Bruce Brown and they're not ball handlers so The thing that you need the most is something you don't have on this roster, so it's hard to really look at one or two or however many more games you get out of this series and say you're going to have big takeaways. The long answer in a short way is no.
3: Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen every day. Don't forget, starting this Thursday, April 28th, tune into Locked On NFL Draft's live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts, And insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Locked On's NFL Mock Draft special hosted by Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show all week leading up to the first pick. Coming up, the Timberwolves have tied their series with the Grizzlies at two apiece. Looking for a snack to get you through the NBA playoffs that will satisfy your sweet tooth without messing up your diet? Look no further than Built Bar. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means even the puffs. Yes, puffs. It's protein infused marshmallows. That's not a misprint. 100% real chocolate on the outside, low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these, they're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You will be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. And did I mention the puffs? If you haven't tried them, you are missing out on Built Bar's best tasting bars. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Milwaukee Bucks win two on the road over the weekend to have a chance to end the series against the Chicago Bulls at home, even without Chris Middleton.
5: What's up, everyone? Kane Pittman here from Locked On Bucks. Just minutes after Milwaukee uh, really dominates Chicago in Game 3 of this series. And if there's one word for me to sum up this performance from the Bucks, I would say reassuring. Uh, Maybe not inside the locker room, but certainly if you're a Bucs fan, this hasn't been the team that we've got used to watching over a long period of time in the first two games of this series. And as I mentioned, post-game, after game two, they were probably lucky not to be coming to Chicago, trailing 0-2 in the series. They were heavy favorites coming in. The defense hasn't been quite where they want it to be. We know they've been turnover prone. Uh, And tonight that was rectified and was rectified from the first quarter. Mike Green on the call called a maniacal defensive performance from drew holiday to me it was maniacal defensive performance from this entire team and and really uh, the bulls never had hope in this game they silenced the crowd the bulls were hearing some booze from the crowd and when you're on the road that is the ideal scenario particularly with a team with an underdog that has got a real sense of belief that they can cause some damage in this series so uh, defensive performance that's where the identity of this team is they're going to be able to score even in game two when we thought it was a terrible performance they still put up 110 points. So they can score against this Bulls team, but they have to put in work on the defensive end. Uh, they slowed down DeMar DeRozan. Grayson Allen mentioned a post game. You never stop him, but they certainly slowed him down. Uh, Drew Holiday led that, and then it filtered down throughout this team. So a clinical performance from Milwaukee, but the key for them now is to follow this through into game four and then head back to Milwaukee in complete control. So they win this game uh, back in the lead in the series 2 1, uh, but plenty of work to do for this Bucks team. We're going to have a post-game show on the weekend, post-game during the playoffs, uh, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. If you haven't watched this, check us out there. Uh, we'll catch you guys then. The
3: Denver Nuggets have developed a reputation for defying the odds in the playoffs. They took a step in that direction again by picking up their first win of the series to stave off elimination against the Warriors.
0: Cyrus Sotts is here with your Locked On Now Warriors recap. The Warriors take a commanding 3-0 lead over the Denver Nuggets after an impressive road victory. The final score... 118 to 113 for the third game in a row in this series, by the way, courtesy of our longtime sponsor, Bet Online, the Warriors covered the spread, always indicative of a dominant team. And the story of this game has been the story of the series, the triumvirate of Stephen Curry, the Jordan Poole Party, and Klay Thompson. Thriving Jordan Poole especially had a staggering night from, sh- from a shooting perspective. Jordan Poole finished the game with 27 points on 9 of 13 shooting and 3 for 5 from beyond the arc. Klay Thompson right behind him, 26 points on 10 for 18 shooting. 6 of 13 from beyond the arc. And Stephen Curry, in his new role coming off the bench, scored 27 points, tying Jordan Poole for the team's leaders on the night. He went only 3 for 9 only by his standards from 3, but did finish 9 of 17 from the field, including a huge bucket near the end that sealed the deal. The Warriors, again, now lead the series three games to none. They look to close it out Sunday night. Uh, I'll give you all the details on Locked On Warriors tomorrow. Follow Locked On Warriors on Twitter at Locked On Dubs. Follow me on Twitter at DogsurfRoadShow. Again, the final score, 118-113. The Golden State Warriors defeat the Denver Nuggets on the road to take a 3-0 lead.
3: While a first-round selection in the NFL draft usually means a multi-year commitment from the franchise, that doesn't appear to be the case with the New York Giants. Kadarius Toney, who's had trouble staying on the field due to injury and multiple bouts with COVID-19, has skipped voluntary workouts, and that was apparently the straw that broke the camel's back. The New York Giants are reportedly listening to offers for the second-year wide receiver, who the Giants selected with the 20th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. In his rookie season, Tony played in 10 games, catching 39 passes for 420 yards and no touchdowns. Longtime Detroit Tiger Miguel Cabrera became the seventh player in Major League Baseball history to join the 3,000 hit 500 home run club after his single in the first inning of the Tigers' 13 0 win over the Colorado Rockies. Cabrera is now in the same elite company as Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Rafael Palmeiro, Albert Pujols, Alex Rodriguez, and Eddie Murray.
0: Here is another story you need to know.
3: In a first round of NBA playoff series that has been mostly dull, the beacon of light has been Grizzlies Wolves. Please pardon the pun, because Ben Beacon from Locked on Wolves is here joining us now. This is a series now tied at 2-2. Two, two, the Wolves tied it up over the weekend. And NBA playoff teams that win Game 5 go on to win the series over 80% of the time. What has stood out to you so far about how this scrappy Wolves team has held it together against the two-seeded Memphis Grizzlies?
2: Like the biggest thing is Game 3 the Timberwolves. Uh, everybody knows the Timberwolves had two big leads, two 20-plus point leads led by as many as 26 in the first half, 23 in the third quarter, 16 at the start of the fourth quarter, they lost that game at home game three at two versus seven seed. The Timberwolves obviously being the seven seed, not expected to win the series. You lose that pivotal game three at home after stealing one on the road. The fact that the Wolves are able to bounce back on Saturday in game four, just 48 hours later and pull out a one-point victory to even the series, sending it back to Memphis uh, for, as you said, a pivotal Game 5, I think the bounce-back ability by the Timberwolves is probably the most impressive thing overall. Um, And then also, coupled with that, and this is a big reason why they won on Saturday, was the ability to slow down John Morant. He attempted 20 free throws in Game 1. He attempted only three in Game 4. And the ability to play solid defense against one of the league's more efficient offensive teams, more dynamic offensive teams, has been really impressive.
3: What do they need to do then in in game five and beyond? This is a series now that's going to go at least six. We're going to get at least two more of these. I I, I personally hope we get three more, but I understand yeah. for your blood pressure and your stress levels and all those things that maybe you'd like fewer. Uh, what What do they need to either continue to do or do better if they want to have a real chance to steal this series?
2: Yeah, I actually think it's offensive consistency, and specifically for Carl Anthony Towns. He had a well-documented, terrible playing game a couple of weeks ago against the Clippers. He had just eight points against the Grizzlies in that terrible collapse in Game 3, and that was actually, he attempted four shots in that game. That was the smallest number, the fewest field goal attempts he's ever had in a game in his career, playoffs, regular season. Um, and then he bounced back for, I think he had 33 on Saturday, was much more involved in the offense. The Wolves were more creative in getting him the ball in, in places on the floor where he could take advantage of the Grizzlies defense and and the Grizzlies trying to go small to defend him. So I think it needs its consistency. It's running the offense through Carl Anthony Towns as much as possible, being creative in ways to get him the ball in the first place. And then Towns maintaining his composure, staying on the floor. Um, He and Jaron Jackson Jr., the fantastic defender for the Grizzlies, have almost kind of been in a race to see who can get in foul trouble fastest in each game. (laughs) And Grizzlies can win with Jaron Jackson Jr. in foul trouble. They did that in game three. The Timberwolves can't win consistently. They're not going to win two out of the next three, for instance, to win the series if Towns is in foul trouble in each of those games.
3: The Carl Anthony Towns hive might be a little bit smaller after this series and after the playing game. This is his first opportunity to really shine on a big stage as presumably, ostensibly, the guy. Anthony Edwards has been more the guy than, than Cat has been. What what do you need to see from him? What, ha, ha, how has your opinion changed of him, if at all, over the last two weeks or so of play in this big stage opportunity?
2: I don't know that the opinion of, of Timberwolves fans and folks who follow the team closely has changed that much of Towns. Obviously, uh, considering you count the playing game, they have played five, quote-unquote, postseason games, the four against the Grizzlies, the one against the Clippers, and he basically no-showed in two of them. Um, so <laughs> obviously, that's not great. Uh, but... He's been prone to those kind of peaks and valleys throughout his career. And 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 it's it's obviously under and rightly so under more of a microscope when it's on the national stage, it's the playoffs. But then he can bounce back and have a 33 and 14 like on Saturday. And even in the game when he no shut offensively in game three, he had five blocks, like three or four of those were in the first quarter. He was really good defensively in the first half. So he's also impacting the game in other ways, which he didn't used to do. He used to kind of be an all stats guy, had a career load rebounds per game this year for a number of different reasons, but he pulled on 14 boards on Saturday. Memphis is a great rebounding game, rebounding team The Timberwolves typically aren't. Um, so he has found ways to contribute uh, or other ways to contribute. But as you mentioned, moving forward, and as I said a minute ago, if the Timberwolves are going to win two of the next three games and win this series, he can't have another no-show. I I think it really has to be him staying under control, not getting himself in foul trouble, and the Wolves making it a point to get him the ball. Part of the problem in Game 3 wasn't necessarily on Towns. He was open, asking for the ball, and the Timberwolves weren't doing a good enough job getting him the ball. Um, And and that obviously falls on the coaching staff a little bit, as well as as, uh, the guards, specifically D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards. Uh, but Towns obviously is the is the key, as as well as Anthony Edwards has played. Uh, Cat is going to be the guy that you know. If the Wolves are going to win two of the next three, Cat's going to be the guy.
3: Coming up, could a potential Debo Samuel trade shake up the NFL draft? Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your daily gambling needs. Let's take a look at the NBA playoff point spreads for Monday. The Nets are slight favorites at home against the Celtics in Game Four. Bet Online has Brooklyn one-point favorites. The Mavericks are home against the Jazz. They're favored by three. The Mavericks are home favorites against the Jazz. BetOnline has them favored by three with Luka Doncic back. The largest point spread is the 76ers. BetOnline likes them by seven and a half at home to close out the Raptors. BetOnline, where the game starts. For today's take, we get some thoughts on Debo Samuel potentially shaking up the NFL draft.
6: Debo Samuel, standout wide back or whatever you want to call him, first team all pro receiver has said, you know what? I just don't want to play for you anymore. And now a lot of people are thinking, how is that going to shake up this draft? It could shake the whole thing,
7: not just the top of the order. But, you know, in February, we're talking about, hey, you know, who's fast enough, who's skilled enough, who has the, the actual talent to play with. Debo or to play with Devontae and to play with Tyreek. And now they're all in different places. So it comes back to, this is a known entity. It's not a risk. It's not an evaluation that you're staking your claim on. You've seen this perform at the league level. And I think that's what makes it the most intriguing is that at the end of the day, you're going to get what you get for it. You might give up maybe more than you were willing to a month or two ago. And I know that that hurts, Crock. if you're somebody who follows the Niners and cares about what happens to them. I'm intrigued by the fact that it's taken this long to find out that, hey, I just don't want to play for you. Like, there's obviously a lot more to the story. But at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. So for the Niners, let's them get possibly back in the first round, right?
6: Right and I think that's the thing that I don't want to say is a hang up. The 49ers want to keep Debo Samuel, right? Like they do not want to let him go. But he says it's not a money thing, it's deeper than that. Doesn't want to be used a certain way. I call BS on that a little bit. I I think it kind of the root of it is kind of the money and then it filtered into other things. Maybe if some feelings hurt, then you have the 49er fan base that's sending them death threats and got the racial comments and all this kind of wild stuff where he's probably just turned off by the whole process.
7: At the end of the day, Croc, do you think that Debo leaves San Francisco?
6: I'd say I'm about 60-40 in favor of him being traded. Now, again, I don't think that's something they want to do. And they have a week from now to try to figure out if they can kind of fix this situation. but. There's no amount of draft picks that you can get that's going to replace the production unless you just hit and it's a slam dunk, but it's, it's almost, I don't want to say impossible, but it will be extremely difficult to try to replace that type of production for a guy who had 1800 yards last season. That's not even including the playoffs. He had 14 touchdowns again, not even including the playoffs and the different ways they utilize him. I mean, we saw in the playoff game where, oh man, the offense was stagnant. All right. Well, Put Debo Samuel at kickoff return and have him return a f- kick to the midfield to the 50-yard line. I mean, he's just so dynamic in that way. And then you turn around the NFC championship game, they throw a pass at the line of scrimmage. He makes a guy miss right away, breaks the tackle, still forms a guy to the ground, and then outruns two defenders to the into the end zone for a 45-yard touchdown. So I, I just think the, the way that he impacts games is hard to replace it. So I don't think any amount of draft picks they'll be very comfortable with getting that and make them feel good about trading him. And you definitely don't want to have to go out there and try to replace him with a rookie receiver.
3: What's especially crazy about this is it might not be Debo Samuel or it might not be just Debo Samuel. DK Metcalf wants a new contract in Seattle and teams have reportedly called the Seahawks on Him, the same is true for Terry McLaurin in Washington and A.J. Brown in Tennessee. Until those guys are signed, teams are going to be calling, hoping to pry away superstar young players who might be unhappy with their situation as Debo Samuel reportedly is. And now is the time. This week, the next couple days on draft night for these teams If they think these situations are irreconcilable, now is the time to get value for them. This could be a huge storyline on draft night and could shake up the offseason as a whole with teams like the Packers and the Chiefs who could immediately be right back as Super Bowl favorites potentially if they make the right splash move at receiver. And finally, pardon his French, Utah Jazz Center and three-time Defensive Player of the Year Rudy Gobert has been fined $25,000 for his foul language after beating the Dallas Mavericks on Saturday to tie the series at two apiece. And don't expect things to be any more civil when these two teams square off in Game 5. You guys get it, right? Rudy Gobert is French. That's not important. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen. Now go make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Coming up tomorrow, the latest on the NBA playoffs and a look ahead to the NFL Draft. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.